0: Welcome to Decades from Home, a podcast about the weird and wonderful side of living in Germany. And all without saying, der Mai, das ist der Monat der wo und Herzen wachsen. I'm Nick Houten of 40%German.com and I'm joined by my co host, Simon Maddox. How are you, Simon? Yeah,
1: everything's good, thank you, mate. The, the end of the first week in our new digs uh has happened Mm -hmm. we've sort of made a conscious decision to not go back to the new flat for a few days and just like settle Mm. in and i've only got maybe 10 boxes around me now and this is like i'm in the last room to get done so yeah progress is coming along nicely i've ordered a a Razan mayor uh a lawnmower uh, which i'm gonna pick up on monday so yeah exciting times ahead.
0: Is it one of them sit-down tractor jobs or is it a stand-up mowy one? If if
1: we had got our deposit back at the start of this month, I probably would have gone for a sit-down mower. But no, it's a, a cable, that's a carbon loss. It's one, mm-hmm. like, no cable, it's just got like a battery pack attached to it, which I quite like the idea of. And yeah, it was a really cheap price. So we'll see mm. uh, how Orbi uh, do on corona pickup
0: i ordered something from obi like this is the it's an example of the sort of backwardsy nature of some shops but also tech when it comes to shopping in germany like and most companies generally get it right mm. but then every so often you, you come up to a company that just seems to have no digital like strategy so for example I, um when i was building the crib uh, there's like some screws missing from the pack and we didn't know where they were so i was like all right i'll just order them and in britain like you could probably go or order online and you'd get like four probably four of the same thing and you only need one but then you've got some spares and Mm -hmm. that's fine. Not in an obi or like, it seems to be in Germany as a whole because I think it's because they're more like wholesalers than they are just like providing for the average customer. Um, Mm -hmm. I'd order, I think it was like a (laughs) hundred... (laughs) <laughs> I like had a hundred of them and I was like well that's good I'll never need to buy this particular thing that I'll only ever need once in my life ever again and it's I think that's kind of what happens is you, you don't have that convenience in, in in the way you would expect in other places yeah we also experienced with OB because
1: when we were moving we rented it's called a Schubkara uh, in German it's like a dolly mm-hmm. in English and we did it all online got an email back from them like automated thing like thank you from your OB team we have reserved this for you and the day before we were supposed to collect and my wife called up to see if she needed like a negative test to enter the shop or what the regulations were. And before she'd even got her question out, she was being like told all these things. It wasn't good customer service. And then at the end, when she's like finally asked, like, what do I need for tomorrow? Because I've rented this. And they're like, we don't rent those to people. Eh? I, what's your business number? I don't have a business number and they changed the policy since we ordered it Uh, and they eventually backed down and were like okay as a special case Mm -hmm. we'll rent it to you so yeah you're absolutely right these businesses who aren't really particularly online prepared seem to be struggling and obviously you have these people that are used to dealing with customers face-to-face that now have to do it on the phone Mm -hmm. yeah it's not always a recipe for a positive experience for either individual the worker or the customer
0: I think as well when you've worked in customer service or work in any job that's your customer facing you, you begin to despise customers like that mm-hmm. was my feeling and, and i totally get it we had an interaction in a shop yesterday where i was just asking for butter or something and i couldn't find it and the shop assistant wasn't very helpful my feeling on is like you should yeah, good. Don't be helpful. <laughs> like, good. Like it's good that you're not being helpful like because because it's not it's no fun working 8 hours in a shop. It's it's proper mm. graft. And then you've got to deal with idiots like me going "Where's the butter?" I don't know where the butter is. And they are just like, "Oh, like after 8 hours, you just like I get this idiot out of my face." And so like I never have a bother, but it's the difference difference seems in germany there's that you can you'll eventually get the thing you want you've got to challenge sort of a level of in this case sort of digital incompetence or you've got to go through a few gatekeepers my brother had Mm. a, a situation where he was trying to return something to a shop and uh, it was quite expensive. Yeah, it was a Nintendo. That's right. He's trying to return his Nintendo <laughs> and get it fixed because it had broken. And there was a whole back and forth. And eventually he had to go online. And he's in the UK. He had to go online and find, like, the Witch Catalogue, which I guess is, like, the Stiftung Varen test of the UK. And mm-hmm. it was a thing on the Witch website, which was, like, send this email. And you'll get this response then send this email and you'll get this and you just went through this process and eventually they went yeah oh actually wow. it is our responsibility to to do it they was trying to screw you over just Crazy. through like complicated bureaucracy basically whereas in germany you often just get screwed over because there is mm-hmm. a disconnect between the people who work in a shop and the digital side of a shop so
1: yeah it's totally weird we made jokes about last week about germans digitalization and yeah a year and a bit into lockdown and this kind of stuff not much progress has mm-hmm. really been made on the front lines from what I've experienced. But, yeah, Amazon, as you say, mm-hmm. does it. Uh, so, yeah, I'd love to support local businesses a little bit more. But when they're hugely inconvenient in comparison in these difficult times, you yeah, Amazon and Jeff Bezos are going to get my money for a little bit longer, I assume.
0: I hated as well that I tried to avoid Amazon and buy like a hard drive or something from an independent Mm. hardware software company. And I found the thing I needed and it was actually cheaper. And I was like, well, this is great. Like they wouldn't accept credit cards and they wouldn't (laughs) accept catch payments. And what they they have sometimes with certain things, I've seen it less and less over the years, but you certainly at that point, a few years ago, what I had to do was get some kind of document or it was some kind of bank document. And I'd fill it out, and then I have to give it to the delivery guy, and he takes. What? Yeah, it was like really, like some process that I'd never heard of before, and I was just like, no like it's you've just creating too many steps here mm. and you and ended up having to go to dirty amazon and I, I like i feel like you admit defeat whenever you have to give jeff bezos your money i find it just galling and it's the same same in other places other countries like there isn't very many options but certainly in america you'd be able to find more stuff mm. online or buy more stuff online and they'd be more confident than they are certainly here when you see a company here that takes paypal
1: and google pay it's like whoa, whoa. <laughs> 21st century boys here this is mm. exciting um, because, yeah, I'm, I'm totally fed up of having to fill in mm. documents. It's, it's, it's really a waste of everyone's time. I love autofill.
0: With something like Obi, I kind of would expect it almost, having lived here long enough, that there wouldn't, it wouldn't be that great that there would be a catch that there would be something stupid like in the case of an ordering system or a policy change or like you can only buy a hundred of this product whereas when i say if i order um vape liquid like the company's a german mm-hmm. company and they're, they're epic their customer service is really good and it's all online and they had an issue where it's all teenagers running their department <laughs> no, it's just like it's a load of like <laughs> elaborately colored haired interns all drinking coffee and wearing like super cool clothes but they have like really good smoking banoffee pie yeah they've got <laughs> like really good tattoos and everything i feel a bit inadequate when i speak to them they changed from paypal something happened with paypal they sent out an email saying like look this is the problem it was all on their website and then they had a new payment system and i emailed them going like look i usually do it this way and i don't understand how this new payment system works and i've got to get like a new code for this company can i not just transfer it directly within a few minutes we're like yeah here it is and they knew who it was because i've ordered for them all the time so obviously knew they were just like we want this guy to understand how this works or like he's a valued customer with his bean and stick vape juice i guess
1: this is the interesting thing about having a name like yours that i mean even Mm. like native english speakers sometimes get your name wrong so there must have been discussion in the customer service team who are like what how do we say this name with your order summary of just like a series of sweet baked
0: good themed vapes that's how i live my (laughs) life i don't have many vices but some really cake flavored vape juice is definitely one of them it's a good way to be (laughs) it's better than having like a crack addiction in it (laughs) i mean the long-term
1: effects of vape juice aren't really well known so we'll find out
0: (laughs) i'm not here to talk about that
1: Our first topic this week takes a look at something the two of us have zero experience with. If Frau partner for midlorn, to So this is an article uh, from Spiegel. If life has taught me anything, it's that the norm is for straight white men to talk about things they have absolutely no empirical knowledge of. Rest easy though, we're not going to go off about a woman's right to choose or the shitstorm over the pinky glove seen on Germany's answers to Dragon's Den. Holland and Leuven a few weeks back. We are, in fact, about to
0: talk about internet dating. Uh, so before we get going, Nick. How Did you meet your wife? Not on the internet, I met her face to face. I think I've told <laughs> this story before. I'll, I don't know whether to do the like the abridged version. University is how I met my wife. She lived upstairs from me, she was doing Erasmus, but yeah, she lived upstairs, went out a few times, and then yeah, that's how it started. So it's like a modern day Rapunzel. <laughs> no, she no, she attracted me with a, a, a very capable sandwich skills. Is that really the, the, the big thing? box tick at the start it was funny because we was there was all the the guys that i hung around with in first year and we would all hang out in our halls of residence i lived with all the people who were erasmus students so in my flat there was one other British guy a guy from Burundi there was a guy from Portugal and a guy from Spain so it was quite sort of a mixed group and upstairs we had Spanish students and German students and across the way French and German and there was loads of different people mm-hmm. and so it's a mixed bunch and my wife was kind of like the matriarch almost she was sort of the organizer and because I think to a certain extent like a, a year abroad I certainly at that point it wasn't really that hard for them compared to German University they were asked to Do like a report, and they were like, Mm -hmm. "Oh, it's only a a thousand words. All right, easy. Laugh a minute." And so they just knock that out, and then they spend all the time partying. (laughs) And should just invite us all up for sandwiches should make the most it still does amazing sandwiches that's what they say about uh, over the way to a man's heart is through his stomach it's certainly true yeah that's so it wasn't really rapunzel it was more sandwich love that might be the most british sentence ever <laughs> how about you how did you how did you meet your wife i just feels a very staged question listener i know how he met his wife but for your benefit <laughs> you weren't there that night though, were you? I no think. i wasn't there i think you told me a week later and it was all very exciting but yeah when i first moved
1: to Nuremberg, I walked past an English pub called the King's Arms and it had Union Jack Bunting outside. And I said to myself that I was never going to go there. Um, I'd moved to Germany to not go to English pubs. I wanted to sort of integrate myself into society a little bit more. And after a couple of years here, I, uh, I had an American colleague and she told me that she had mentioned where I was from to another guy at the pub and he wanted to meet me um, because we were from pretty similar towns and so I went to the pub met him and that was the start of my romance with the pub Uh, and then a few years later (laughs) (laughs) like did I ask you how did you meet your pub (laughs) without the pub it wouldn't have happened and that's that's the beautiful part about
0: it yeah Um, it's true it's true it was
1: a, a friend a pair of our friends Heiko and Sturge had their 40th birthday together And, um, yeah, Mm. it was a really good party. And my wife turned up quite late. She'd been at a barbecue that day with some friends. Yeah, we met over an ashtray. We were both in the smoking area and I had an ashtray in my hand. Mm. And I could see she needed it to ash. And so I offered her the ashtray. And uh, apparently the song What a Man, What a Man, What a Man uh, started playing in her head. Because, I mean, (laughs) obviously our pub was a very special part of our lives uh, when Nick and I first met as well but it's not really the place you go to meet uh eligible
0: young men i always equated it with like the moss icely cantina from star wars it was sort of like like it's and i think that's a lot of like what irish pubs and and british pubs in germany are like it's sort of all the wastes and strays mm. and randoms and it surprised me about myself when you when you move away to a different country or you go away to a different country for some reason british people are like desperately need to stand in a pub that looks exactly like the pub or some version of the pub that they've been to all their lives and the the idea of going to somewhere that's just bog standard normal german bar or something is terrifying i think especially when you're learning the language like if things can be a little bit
1: confusing i think that could be quite difficult whereas our pub had everything in english and so for a couple of hours Mm -hmm. or the day it, it was a little island and it was a a really pleasant hub and i've made Mm. the majority of my really good friendships stem from that place it gave me a really good network of friends as well as a wife
0: i think it's one of the reasons why your wife would have been there is it was a bit it's a bit of a curiosity right it's a bit exotic is too extreme a word for a load of pale blokes sitting in the dark (laughs) drinking pints watching sky sports but it's just different it's a different atmosphere than you would experience in a lot of german places not not even german because german suggests like thigh slapping yodeling mass beer, drink, in long bench tables. like Just a normal pub that you would find in Germany are just a bit different. Absolutely right.
1: So this story that we headlined at the start is a woman from Nordrhein-Westfalia who signed a contract with a company called Glück für zwei, Happiness for two, uh, from Koblenz in May 2018. The contract was supposed to run for one year and she was promised 21 partner proposals that were guaranteed by the dating agency. All was well and good, it seems. So Nick how much do you think such a service would cost to provide you with 21 partner proposals from what I assume is a thriving local database
0: of eligible local singles? You're going to get guaranteed. That's what they're saying, right? Is that you're guaranteed to get 21 partner proposals. So like I'd say Mm -hmm. thousands, like a couple of thousand, like 2,000 maybe.
1: I think that would have been my guess as well. And I was horrified to find out the reality. This company charged her 8,330
0: euros. I'm in the wrong job. (laughs) <laughs> I need to become yeah. a matchmaker. <laughs> this is the this is our next step. <laughs> we'll see how this episode goes. Decades from home will match you with other listeners <laughs> in your area.
1: <laughs> so that's right. The day after this poor woman signed their contract with the dating agency, they were charged a monstrous eight thousand three hundred thirty euros for the privilege. That's nine on four
0: hundred euros per partner proposal. That proposal has to be like epic. Like for that amount of money. There better be like 21 Prince Charmings. Well, I mean, this is what you definitely
1: are paying that kind of level for. You're assuming a really solid match each time. So each of these matches, we can assume, have also parted with a similar sum of money on their own membership. So it's €800 for each match they're making for introducing two people who are this desperate for love. It's printing money. It's incredible. So, I mean, mm-hmm. fair play to
0: these love scammers. It's a pretty solid scheme. very day that the woman forked over the eight grand plus, she was provided with her first three suggestions for a partner. Seeing for the first time what she had set herself up for and being utterly disillusioned and disappointed, the woman decided to cancel her contract after a week. Like, how bad must those matches have been? Those three people were like, she was like, nope, I'm not paying for any more. The agency, <laughs> knowing a thing or two about scamming people, asserted that even if the plaintiff had not yet received all the contacts, the agency had already put together 21 possible candidates for her to match to. Therefore, the service was provided in full and they refused to refund her money. Bastards. Do you think she was right to call it quits after three? I mean, I, I think in these kinds of arrangements,
1: you're paying a huge amount of money for the service and the first three should be the best that they've got or at least the best matches they can find for you. And if you just think, oh my God, no, these are terrible matches for me. I think, yeah, it's definitely the right choice. Like If they can't get one out of three right, what's, what's going to improve over the next up to 21? Yeah, I think she was definitely right to make this decision.
0: I think there's a lot of buyer's remorse when you're forking over eight grand. And like your expectations have to be pretty high. Eight grand is, is not a small amount of money for anyone. And it seems this, this woman knew what she wanted. Yeah. She's like, I'm forking over eight grand. You better be giving me the best options. With no other option, the woman decided to sue. The first hurdle, the regional court dismissed the action for repayment of the fee. Forced to escalate the matter further, the higher regional court finally ruled that the woman should get her money back. However, not the full amount, as the applicant had already received three of the 21 agreed contacts.
1: Being the scheming bastards they appeared to be, though, the dating agency appealed the high court decision, which was, I guess, to be expected. The company argued that their general terms and conditions stipulated that the main service was to put together the proposals. The high court declared this provision to be ineffective, In essence, the court argues that it's important that the customer actually receives the agreed, in this case, 21 proposals, so that the service is fulfilled. Since that was not the case, the court is of the opinion that the revocation is effective because the service had not been fully performed. Happy days. The plaintiff can claim back the majority of the sum now she's going to get back €7,139. Euros. Hopefully, the woman could go on a nice holiday with that cash and meet the match of her dreams through one of the far more cost-effective online services. So, Nick, which dating site do you think she should try out?
0: Oh, I have no... Don't ask me. I have no idea. I have no idea at all. Um... <laughs> One that doesn't charge eight grand is probably a start. <laughs> that's probably I guess. A good place to go. <laughs> They're probably using the same algorithm. What I did find funny though is, as soon as I read the story, I was like, "This reminds me of something." That if if you were going to make a film of this and it's called Twenty One Dates, and you're like, "That sounds like it seems like that's like definitely a an idea for a, a, like a Netflix romantic movie or romantic TV show," and so I typed in online dating Netflix, and guess what? Uh, there's a film from 2020 called Love Guaranteed, which is about. A a young man who goes on something like nine hundred dates. The young man in question is played by Damon waynes Jr. and he goes to see a lawyer played by Rachel Lee Cook, who is willing to take on his case. And guess what?
1: They fall in love. Oh my god! Of course they do.
0: And it does not have a particularly high rating. It's got fifty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, thirty nine percent on Metacritic, but seventy five percent of Google users liked it. So go figure I'm not going to watch it I watched the trailer and I was like no. this looks terrible <laughs> so so if anything if anything that good can come out of this it might not be a date but potentially a German remake of this rather awful <laughs> Netflix TV show how are you gonna get Till Schweiger in that like just phone him Is he, Till Schweiger's the Samuel L. Jackson of Germany like you'll be in anything if you just phone him up I'm sure he has like a minimum fee you just go Till Will you be in this film? He's like, (laughs) I think that's a yes. And then off you go, he's he's in it, you know. So I mean,
1: obviously this woman had made the decision to go to a, a real brick and mortar dating agency. So one of the reasons she might have gone down this lane is that maybe she has particular niches to fulfill. Maybe, who knows? Now, we all know the internet is a weird, wild and sometimes wonderful place. So here, after a good Googling, are some of the oddest and most specific online dating sites going. Are these, are these real sites? Just to clarify, these are 100% genuine websites that are available for online dating. We have not made them up. If If any of these suit your needs, then you're welcome.
0: <laughs> are you single and looking to mingle? Are you looking to share your life with the person of your dreams? Do you love food? Do you, however, have issues with breads, pastas and cereals? Then boy oh boy, do we have a platform for you! Gluten-Free Singles! Gluten-Free's mission is to help singles around the world find a gluten-free partner and develop. Let gluten-free singles find your partner for life. Arr,
1: do you like a man in uniform? Do you have a Captain Igloo bird's eye fetish that Google image searches cannot scratch? Then, what you need is Sea Captain Date, Internet's number one dating site for sea captains who wish to connect with men and women on land and on sea. With thousands of sea captains already online, there's no doubt that SeaCaptainDate.com is the first part of Carl for anyone searching for romance on the seven seas and beyond. Get it, part of Carl! Anchors away!
0: Meeting the perfect match is hard. Life is busy and things get in the way. When you have met the perfect person, sometimes you have to share hard truths with one another. If you have an embarrassing issue you'd rather not discuss right off the bat, then we have the solution for you. Herpesfish.com. That's right, Herpesfish. The secure herpes dating service for people with herpes. Here you can meet 650,000 plus herpes singles and meet new friends, partners, potential spouses or intimate connections. Connect with millions of quality members now. All dates are subject to herpes tests. Date may cause inflammation of the heart muscle and or palpitations. Always consult your doctor before using herpesfish.com.
1: Are ye a fan of moustache-free beards? Do ye hate petrol prices? Is there any or anything good to read nor on any barns that need raisin? Then get in touch with devoted, diligent and caring singles from the Amish community. Register for free and get instant access to Amish singles near you. Find fascinating dates in just a few clicks and start enjoying the simple life. Wait a minute! How the hell are Amish people supposed to register for online dating? This service makes no sense whatsoever! Are we sending this by parchment? This ain't no good English!
0: If you're the type of person who tries to get a sliver of jalapeno on every nacho, then you have come to the right place. Why risk hearing, I don't like spicy food on a first date, when you know that that would be a deal breaker? Meet other hot sauce lovers in the hot sauce groups area, where you can browse members by their interest in different types of hot sauces, or check their ghost pepper consumption in an easy to use profile search. Chat about burning your taste buds to oblivion using our patented spicy chat feature, or relax over copious amounts of soothing milk in our virtual milk bath of love. Whether you're a fan of sauces from specific regions, or you're just looking for a date that won't burn you twice, Hot Sauce Passions is here for you. Go on, raise your relationship scoville level and shout out to the world, Caliente. Do you love chaps?
1: The financial burden of a massive animal in constant need of food and shelter? Do you love jollifers? Equestrian Cupid is an exclusive community of cowboys and cowgirls and equestrian singles to meet horseback riding enthusiasts. Discover uncharted trails, pursue the country lifestyle, and locate the best riding areas. Don't live in the country or own a horse? No problem! The only main criteria is having down to earth country values and the desire to meet another like minded folks.
0: Eehaw! Love makeup? White faced? Auguste? Tramp? Mime? Rodeo? Creepy? Jester? Do you get excited by overly large shoes and low-level magic tricks? It's no fun looking for love when behind the makeup and red nose lies a lonely heart. Luckily, clown dating is here to help. If you're a clown, a clown wannabe, or just a clown lover, you've come to the right place. Honk, honk! Do you love Horse Lictor,
1: Walrus, Handlebar, Hulk Hogan, Boo Manchu, Chevron, Lampshade, Pencil, Dali, it's all about the stash. Stash Passions is 100% free social networking and online date site specifically for singles with a passion for the stash. Stash style is a difficult thing to pin down, even harder to make it symmetrical, but there is no doubt among Stash Passion members there is nothing finer than a good stash. Contact us now and get a free comb of Mustache Wax today!
0: Here at Decades From Home, we strive to provide information on both sides of the Anglo-German coin. So, whilst we have dating as a topic, let's look at some quick tips for dating the British and all the Germans. First up, the Brits. Do you think the British have a good romance reputation around the world, Simon?
1: I, I, I'm not sure about the romance part. I think that's the proviso. I think that, especially men, we're, we're gifted this gentleman adjective almost automatically. We sound gentlemanly, so we do get away with that kind of stuff. But I think if you stack us up like in between the sheets, I think our reputation isn't very good internationally. Obviously, the French have worked very, very hard to slander our good name. Uh, Among the world and being the Lotharios they
0: are, you're blaming the French for our bad reputation. (laughs) I don't know. I don't even know if we are. We have a reputation for like. I thought the the sort of British accents, certainly in America, is considered like sophisticated, right? You're quite a sophisticated person, but I think it's a very particular type of accent. Like I don't think my accent would. You're never going to have a Geordie James Bond, are you? There's a reason Benedict Cumberbatch (laughs) isn't knocking around, going, "I mate? how's it going?" I don't think you get very many compliments for northern accent, but maybe things like Game <laughs> of Thrones have changed that. The reputation of the Northerners in Game of Thrones—like everyone had a northern accent—so there's this there's an element of like hardiness. But I think you're absolutely right. My accent.
1: Is what people think of when they think of like the charming Hugh Grant type as much as I fight that I mean when you think of sort of the Victorian approach to, to sex is sort of the, the bedrock mm. of what we are and it, it's why Nick gets squeamish when we talk about sex toys uh, <laughs> and things like that he's very much of this Victorian framework
0: scandalous I can't
1: believe you would tarnish my goodness <laughs> so should we just start talking about sex instead
0: no, <laughs> let's not let's not do that. Anyway, back to the back to the topic. Okay. So, this is a guide to dating in the UK from expatica.com. Uh, generally speaking, British people have a laid-back approach when it comes to dating. Unlike in some European countries, dates in the UK often center around drinking and heading to the local bar or pub. This is particularly true in the initial stages of getting to know someone. That said, British people tend to be more reserved than some other cultures. Therefore, they don't display their emotions in public. So, Simon, public displays of affection, yay or nay? It's a big nay from me. PDA, as it's
1: often referred to, is something I find hugely uncomfortable. Something I'd never do myself. i, I, I give my wife a little kiss, but I'm not going to put a tongue in anyone's mouth on, on the underground. And, yeah, that's, that's different here. You do see people occasionally doing like a slow grind on each other on like the afternoon underground and for me it's just all kinds of uncomfortable so i would agree with this comment that the english
0: are are more reserved than other cultures if
1: germans are anything to go by we're definitely more reserved
0: it depends I mean I guess gratuitous public displays of affection dry humping is probably not something that I want to see I'm sex positive whatever whatever you want to do when did this happen well I just try not to comment I, I get squeamish about it because I'm just a weird British bloke but ultimately I, whatever you want to do living in Augsburg it's quite a, a young city so you do often come across people who you consider throwing a bucket of cold water over in the street but yeah I don't know I don't have a massive problem with it particularly depends what the how they're displaying that affection I think that's
1: the location is key for me and like, if it's on the bus mm. or something that i'm stuck on i find it a huge intrusion in my personal space uh but if it's like in the street outside a bar or a
0: nightclub yeah go for it do whatever you like i've got to point out coming from newcastle i mean it's a party city uh-huh. so like that stuff was quite common you'd see it on a night out it's quite common to see people uh, necking on in that and necking on yeah, that's what they'd say. Like, oh, they're necking on. For our yeah. listeners. Yeah, so that's not a biggie for me. Despite the big nightlife culture in the UK and the growing popularity of online dating platforms, many people meet their partners through their circle of friends and social gatherings. In fact, a survey of 2,000 adults, which featured in The Independent, found that one in four married couples met on a night or day out with friends. This is particularly common among older adults who might not be swayed by online dating or who don't go to bars and clubs as much as they used to. So what's the best way to make friends or find a partner in the UK? Definitely a challenging thing
1: because I think this this is very, very true that I think most successful relationships I know back home in the UK are through circles of friends. For me and a lot Mm. of my friends, it, it, it started at the pub. I don't mean this in like drinking all day and getting drunk and that's how we met people. But the, the pub was the center of my village life and the village uh, community that I lived in. And that's how you met other young people or appropriate aged people. And if you are dealing with skepticism about online dating and things like that, then yeah, finding other ways to, to meet people who have similar interests is, of course, key. Uh, so if you're not online dating, then using online platforms of shared interests can certainly be a good way to make friends. Uh, but yeah it's it's definitely a challenge I think how do you make friends when you're an adult yeah by putting yourself out there I guess
0: I remember after living here for two years and I was going a bit stir crazy because I lived in a small village and I didn't didn't have many friends who were like connected to my wife there was almost like a like a cultural time bomb went off after two years and it was like you need to go to a pub you need to watch rugby or football and have like six pints like you just need that to survive the next the next stage of your sort of life in Germany which is where did I go that's where I met you where I met most people was I found a pub and just started going there regularly to watch football because I needed beer and football it, it's just a, a minimum requirement at the time um, just for my own sort of well-being and I missed it as well I hadn't that wasn't something I was doing. And, and I remember my wife just going like, you need to go and meet some people who are mm-hmm. like you. <laughs> you need to get out the house. <laughs> You're getting in the way. I wonder if it's harder just to make friends than it is to find a partner sometimes. Like just making friends with people is tricky once you've left mm-hmm. university. It's not an easy thing to do to integrate yourself. Meeting people in the pub seems to be the most logical way. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's the pub or it's work, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you
1: do work in a sort of a social uh, environment and that's definitely the best way because you obviously have commonality from the off uh so yeah, i think that would be the other big thing uh, yeah, yeah lurking in bookshops probably doesn't work that much
0: I don't know I mean I suppose it's also about how open you are
1: yeah I mean when when I first met you you were wearing an England shirt and you gave me your business card yeah yeah that was pretty weird it's a very it's an odd approach
0: it worked it works so like yeah but don't it I don't it think worked. there's any one one way to do it I do think you have to put yourself out there which makes I mean if you're quite an introverted person that stuff could be terrifying it's quite difficult Survey Monkey polled 4,000 people and found that more than half of 18 to 24 year olds view apps like Tinder and Bumble I had to look look up what Bumble was, which is my grandpa moment for this weekend. As platforms for casual hookups, older adults, 25 to 34 years old, meanwhile, see profile-based dating websites such as Match.com and Lovestruck as ways of developing relationships. This is due to the fact that they provide a greater opportunity to get to know other users in more detail. As a result, 58% of other older adults, 45 to 54-year-olds, use Match.com, more than double the percent who use Tinder
1: what is a typical dating scenario in the uk i mean being quite a traditional country the burden of asking someone on a date in the uk usually falls to the man Uh, and if the man has initiated the date he'll usually suggest a place to go to generally speaking a couple is like to go for a drink or two on a first date however in larger cities like london manchester there's also a growing trend towards quirky dates at unusual places this might mean hitting a mini golf course heading to a silent disco at the Natural History Museum, which sounds incredible, or having drinks at a a themed cocktail bar. After all, the British are a varied bunch and are just as likely to enjoy dancing and drinking at a nightclub than staying home and binge-watching Netflix. What
0: would be your hot tip for a best first date recommendation back home? I tell you, man, like I am the worst person to ask. Do you know, I actually asked my my wife out several times before we got together and I didn't remember because we were out on the piss. Like I'm not the best person to be asking for dating advice, but I mean, my go-to would be a restaurant or something. I like the idea of quirky dates. So I was thinking like escape rooms, but then I was like, you meet someone on Tinder and then you're going to get locked <laughs> in a room with them. Like it sounds terrible Trapped. now I think about it.
1: <laughs> that's a third or
0: fourth date surely i like the idea of sort of doing something different like a mini golf game or like doing something that's a bit themed is quite it's quite fun if you want to show the best version of yourself and it's not until a bit further down the line that you begin to display your foibles and
1: i think when you're young and dating for the first few times i think yeah, mm-hmm. dinner and cinema was, was the classic go-to for generations uh say so yeah, i but i mean natural history museum would would be one of my recommendations i Yeah, first time I was able to take my wife to London like it was just museum after museum
0: Uh, most of the dates i ever had were just like going out on a friday or saturday night as per like i didn't really do dating like not in the caricature you have from like tv Mm -hmm. and movies i I only realized i'd never really been on a proper date until i read this (laughs) article luckily someone's written this article for us to go through (laughs) one important thing to be aware of however is the concept of exclusivity in dating while some cultures view dating numerous people at the same time as the norm like which cultures are they which I don't know which cultures they are. (laughs) I think North America is is quite standard. This isn't really the case in the the UK. Generally speaking, people prefer to have the undivided attention of their potential partners. Seeing multiple people would be taken as a sign that you don't consider the person enough for you. In this sense, you might say that dating in the UK is perhaps more meaningful than in, in some other countries. Does this still ring true, do you think, Simon? Personally, I, I would have been heartbroken if I found out that someone I was dating
1: was also dating someone else at the same time. But you do have these kind of linguistic phrases that people use. I mean, in the US, they would say, going steady. Like the code you would use to be like, am I your only dating partner now? So, I mean, there is definitely a grey area that has to be dealt with. And I think with Tinder and these kind of Bumble and these kinds of apps, if you are communicating with someone on Tinder... I'd say it's guaranteed they're also communicating with others. You don't go on there and just mm. lock yourself into one. It's, it's the very antithesis of that app.
0: Well yeah, you've got like a selection, haven't you? British people are widely renowned for being unfailingly polite. Indeed if two people bump into each other in the street you can expect them both to quickly apologise and in some cases apologise yep. several times. That's definitely me. More often than not, this politeness translates to dating. Initially when going on a date, people greet with a handshake. Who greets with a handshake? <laughs> I've
1: seen, I've seen this.
0: I've never. No, I mean that Victorian
1: kicking in. (laughs) I think one
0: time I shook a a woman's hand and she was like, "Why are you shaking my hand?" (laughs) However, once you know someone, this could extend to a kiss on the cheek. Okay, Simon. One kiss, two kisses, three. Which one is it? It really is a minefield.
1: It's it's really challenging and. I say, watching these dating shows, you realize that there there is no fixed rule. And the only way you can make this work is that when you go in for the kiss, you tell the person two kisses and then they know. Otherwise, nobody knows. And it is, it's just a recipe for absolute awkwardness. It's a nightmare. So I think the only advice you can give is if if you're going in for a a Greek kiss, just tell the person what you're going to do. Get get consent
0: (laughs) Always good advice Consent's definitely good (laughs) advice I was always terrified I think I'd watch something Where someone had said like can I kiss you? And the, the response that received was, you shouldn't have to ask or something like that. Or like, it was seen as like you were failing because you weren't reading the room. And but I think I think things have definitely changed a lot in, in the, the decade or so that have been out of the dating game. Gives me anxiety because it just reminds mm-hmm. us what it was like in the sort of 2000s being single. Nothing was ever simple. And it was always like immediately stressful. What do you yeah. do here? Is that the right thing to do? How do you speak to somebody? You know, I like that person, but I'm just going to stand mm-hmm. here awkwardly at the bar and not, like, approach them because they might say something that will upset me. I mean, there's a lot of advice out there that's, like, about engaging, like, physical contact. You see a lot
1: of people, like, (laughs) high-fiving. It's, like, that's so fucking weird. Uh, That's so weird when you see the man, like, trying to get a high-five from his first date.
0: But you get a lot of those books that are, like, dating experts and stuff like that, which is just... Oh, like i'm just the worst people mm. i'm a dating guru or something like that well, first off anyone using the word guru deserves to be kicked off a bridge anyway but like a dating guru and they're like ah, oh, if you touch their arm in a particular way or you give them negative compliments or whatever and it's just like mm. just be fucking normal just try and be a normal person try and be a decent normal person try and have a normal conversation it's all you can fucking do very good after that like yeah. what like all you can do is be yourself yeah. and if they don't like you then that's just the way it is. <laughs> You've got to move on, and and I remember you spend a lot of time going like, why I'm wide in the likers, like because like, people don't, some people don't like you, and some people do, and you're just trying to find the ones that like you. <laughs> so like, but yeah, I'm already getting stressed out just by thinking. <laughs> You're boiling <laughs> down this, this article very concisely now <laughs> oh it just it just feels like so much more complicated than it needs to be but i understand why it is mm. chivalry is certainly not dead in the uk on the contrary it is quite common for men act like gentlemen on dates this might mean holding the door open for a day or insisting on paying the bill that said gender equality is fairly strong in the uk and many couples like to split the bill after the first few dates when dining out, however, sharing meals is generally less of a cultural trait than in other countries. Are you a food sharer, Simon? I can be, but it has to be
1: like negotiated up front. Uh, I don't mind someone taking a chip off my plate, that's fine, but I think I've talked about it before, how I'm, I'm like a circular mm. eater, which is quite weird, where like, I'll leave what I consider the best part until last, and it's quite a well-planned-out process. And if someone attempted to interfere with that final section, I would be deeply troubled by it. I probably wouldn't say anything... And that's my own issue to deal with. But yeah, I can be a sharer. But I think it's best if you clarify these things up front. I would never respond well to someone just grabbing food without yeah, asking. Yeah, d- don't ever touch my food. The- <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I hate it. I hate the idea of sharing it. I mean, you come from a bigger family than me. And I think that's what that's rooted in normally.
0: Yeah, youngest of four yeah. definitely means that like you're very protective. And I eat very quickly as well just in case someone tries to take it away, which, like, people laugh about, but people did. Like, my brothers would take my food off my plate if I didn't eat it. So that's just a psychological, like, defect that I seem to have picked up along the way. I'm questioning this point about men acting like gentlemen on dates. Speaking to to women I know in the UK, I've heard enough horror stories to know there's a lot of just scumbags, man, utter scumbags. You mentioned nagging earlier, and I think that's really become,
1: like, the norm laddish male culture, just to be a bit of an obnoxious
0: dick mm. to show that you're cool, and it's, it's awful to see, yeah. How a relationship might typically progress in the UK is really down to the in- individuals involved. There is no rule book with regard to when to get intimate, meet the family, and so on. That said, attitudes towards sex are fairly liberal in the UK. For instance, if the first date goes well, some people have no qualms about sleeping together. And whereas some cultures might perceive this as being easy, the Brits see it as totally acceptable do you agree that attitudes to sex in the uk are fairly liberal Simon?
1: i think they're becoming more and more liberal i was with online apps it's definitely changed people's relationship with sex i think and having multiple partners but i mean i think there's a definitely a part of british culture that treats sex as like a competition how many people can you have sex with before you graduate uni and stuff like that i know people that operated this way it's abhorrent to me
0: i know of people who still operate this way yeah. people who were in their 30s and 40s like i don't know whether it's just the, the way i am and i speak to people people tell us stuff that i'm just like i, I don't care like no, no one cares no one cares about that or people will show you photos of someone who like half slept with this person you're like good for you mate i don't no. want to get involved in my mate's intimate relationships but it was it was a massive thing at university when mm-hmm. in, the, in the late 2000s a lot of people talking about how many partners they'd had men and women a lot of friends who were just that was the the main topic of conversation and i just have to sit out because i didn't i've never found that like a good thing to talk about and it's not just because i'm squeamish about it and i'm obviously playing that up a little bit but it's more just because like i don't think it's a necessary topic to have but like a group of people like going oh well she did this or he was doing this or this is how big that part of their anatomy was or wasn't i just i'm just not having the interest i'm probably just at the bar or on the go outside for a tab or something (laughs) Simon may have met his wife here, but we both managed to avoid the trials and tribulations of online dating websites and the advent of dating apps. Luckily for us, we have some help on hand to guide us through the terrors and pitfalls of not only dating apps, but specifically dating in Germany. I'm really happy to welcome one of our first guests to the show, not including the occasional outbursts from my infant daughter in the background of the last few podcasts, Delini Algemar. When she's not learning Dutch in her spare time, Dilly is also one of 40percentgerman.com's guest contributors, most recently with an article on the trials of German online dating, which I think you'll all agree, listeners, is rather fortunate for us. So welcome, Dilly. How are you doing?
2: I'm very good. Thank you. Thank you for having me and thank you for asking me to be here.
0: Not a problem. I'm really happy that you had time to join us. So let's get started with the first question. We were talking about first date recommendations. So we thought that would be a good place to, to, to begin with. Yes. What's your recommendation for the best like first date? Like, where would you go?
2: I would say it depends on the personalities. Simply because um, I don't have much experience meeting strangers for dates. My mm-hmm. choice was uh, mm-hmm. um, I reserved a table at a local restaurant that I'm very familiar with. Mm-hmm. So that was my choice. I think for... Um, there were a few weeks where I had very regular first dates there. And um, the restaurant owner mm-hmm. was... Um, I mean, at some point, he just started raising eyebrows. Um, but it was... <laughs> <very complicated. laughs> <laughs>
0: you again She
2: is getting to a lot of people <laughs> <laughs>
0: but it, but it's, that's, that kind of makes sense right it's like environment you know you know the owner recognizes you there's like safety in that when it comes to first dates i get that that makes sense so a restaurant would be the preference
2: to me yeah that was a preference i'd also ask people like they were coming over to my town then i would ask people what they'd like to mm-hmm. eat and you know what sort of place they'd like to go to it turned out mm-hmm. uh, that some people really liked forests and walking So we'd have lunch and then go on a walk, just walk around chatting, maybe grab an ice cream somewhere. Um, Mm. It really depends. There are cycling dates, they're pretty popular.
0: Cycling dates, right? Okay. I
2: don't know how they get. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't do that. It mm-hmm. got cancelled. I mean, the cycling got cancelled, not the date. But I also wondered. Mm-hmm. I mean, how how people would really talk on their bicycles and navigate the traffic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> With yeah. me
2: though, it's a it's it's also an aspect of copcino and and watching too many creamies I think because I keep think I kept thinking that. So one thing we do mm-hmm. is um, I think my uh, German friends who'd also like dated in their lives have done this. So when you go on a date, particularly an online one, you take a screenshot of the person that you're going to meet with, with their name and number, and uh, maybe Mm -hmm. even the photo, and you send it along to a friend and say, so, okay, so I'm going to meet him at five and I'll let you know when I'm back. Yeah, of course. That that makes sense. And I added the layer of the neighborhood restaurant uh, security to it, so that if need Mm -hmm. be, people would say, yes, you know, this is where she ate last, you know, the poor woman, but... Yeah, very cool.
0: Mm. I mean it's one of the things that we touched on slightly was like is two middle class blokes who are both married. And we've neither, neither of us are particularly proficient at dating at any level. Like we didn't when we obviously don't have to think about those things. Like as guys, it's not something that we if we if we went on a date and then said, Oh, I need to take a photo of you before before we'd probably not have a date anymore. So like it is a different, a very different experience. But one of the things Simon was saying was very common in the UK is to have like original dates so like going to a, like an escape room or doing something that was an event like, not just going to the cinema or going for dinner is that something that you think you'd see in germany maybe is that something that people would do or is it is it just the standard dinner and a movie or like you said cycling or walking or something like that
2: you also have a guest who's pretty much dated mainly during corona so mm-hmm. the, people do talk about uh, uh, going you know singing karaoke for example and that's mm-hmm was to me not an option covid yes. i didn't really want to like spit into a mic that had been spat oh. into 250 times before
0: yeah that makes sense
2: yeah so my options were rather limited and i mean apart mm. from the restaurant i wouldn't have gone indoors or like to the movies I mean, but I don't know. Um, mm. That really does sound original, but you just said paintball. I mean, why not paintball. shoot at people the first time you meet them, you know? Uh, why not? <laughs> <laughs> so it's,
0: it's a good. pleasure to meet you. Now I'm going to shoot you. Yeah, that suits... Seems- <laughs> seems totally totally fine (laughs) okay yeah one of the things simon pointed out was that in the uk it's quite common for people to go on like multiple dates and meet more than one person maybe in a week or so whereas in germany dating is maybe considered more monogamous but from your answer before i'm guessing that it's like it's quite normal for people to go on like multiple dates i mean is that Is that something that you know from your friends experience or your experience is that quite kind of the style is like you set up a few dates so you get to know some people like more than one person or
2: i'm so glad you asked this question because even i couldn't navigate this to me i mean personally i i i I couldn't handle going out on like four dates with four people over a few Mm. weeks because i mean we are different people i mean different people bring out different aspects of us and oh, I, I really couldn't figure it out because um i'm more of a I'll, I'll meet one person and maybe go on a second date or not and if not mm-hmm. then i might talk to other people but if i do end up going on a second date or a third date with one person it would feel weird to me to be writing to also other people at the same time um mm-hmm. and knowing mm-hmm. that everyone's in this um uh, Romantic game sort of thing yeah, that yeah, you know, yeah. I'm probably not the only person That he's writing to And yeah. I did have a couple of dates Where I didn't really know What the other person's move was Whether they talk to multiple people At the same time yeah. And uh, I think people hit the jackpot Eventually when they meet someone <laughs> like-minded So if both people don't yeah. mind Talking to multiple people Then that's fine yeah. I'm not entirely
0: comfortable with that well like i'm british so i wouldn't i wouldn't bring it up i just wouldn't bring it up i wouldn't be like oh by the way like <laughs> you're the sixth date i've had this week like that would be that would be just terrifying like the more i talked about dating with simon Like I'm more anxious I got just thinking about the stress of of dating in general. And one of the things I was thinking about is Germany's obviously a country that's known for its honesty and its directness. Dating in Germany more honest or rather too honest perhaps?
2: The one thing with the online dating experience that I had was that the people that I met were usually from like various backgrounds, like professionally speaking, Mm. they were not all linguists for once. That was nice, mm-hmm. and they were also not all German, and so I also got to meet people who were not German mm-hmm. who also had migrant experiences here in Germany. Ah, oh, right. I yeah, can tell yeah. you, like for instance, like there are the Italians or the Italians that I met, for instance, and you know, oh, the German food, no, 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 and 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 you get to, and you get to hear <laughs> the other migrants complaining about Germany for quite a good bit. That yeah. was a good. That was a good experience. <laughs> it's a
0: good bonding exercise, right? Yeah, like. What do what are you not like about living here? <laughs> <laughs> um, are, are, like, the other question I had was like, are German dates super punctual? Like that's our assumption was like they did start like meet at, meet at nine, you're on time, yeah.
2: Actually, time wise, most of my dates have been very punctual, and I haven't had. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Germans have been punctual. The non-Germans have been punctual. I haven't really had much trouble there. There was one a very memorable date with an with an Italian guy. Uh, he kept calling every half hour to say he was getting later, and he did turn up, and he was very sorry, and uh, his excuse was that he's Italian.
0: Nah, not gonna. That doesn't. That doesn't fly, right? That doesn't fly at all. I'm South of Asian. <laughs> if
2: I can be on time, you can be on time.
0: Yeah, too right. Oh man, that's the worst way to start a date. Like, or you just give up. Like, once you're like an hour late, you just go. Oh, I guess this isn't happening. This isn't. This isn't gonna go well. I made a lot of assumptions. I guess I'm stereotyping Germans too much. Maybe I don't know. Okay, moving on in the article on the site that you wrote for us you talked about being unnerved when you had to message potential partners on a dating app which i totally understand one of my favorite parts being the guy who sent you the comprehensive list of his 20 best characteristics one of which was teamwork which like chef's kiss it was beautiful like i loved that do you consider that flirting right what's german flirting like is it is it good because we have never flirted in german i've only ever flirted in english so i have no idea
2: If they produced it, maybe I could grade it.
0: That's the answer then, isn't it?
2: (laughs) This is a conversation I have with a lot of friends, uh, like who are American, even the Germans. Uh, My friends who are migrants Mm. here from other countries, they, I mean, one thing we talk about is that uh, the banter aspect, you build up on something and there's the back and forth, the tennis ball kind of thing. We don't really find that. Mm. I mean, our German friends or the guys we've mm. known have also had. A, I mean, they they have a nice sense of humor, but with flirting, I mean, the bar is is mm. is, is 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 not that
0: high. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's something I've heard from other people. Is like there's a there's a sort of coldness. And I, th- I think that's unfair. It's very, I'm being very eth- ethnocentric in that sense, because obviously in Britain, humor is a massive part of communication, just in general. Like, we're always trying to crack a joke and we're always desperate to, to be informal as possible and uh, to build almost like a fake relationship in as quick a time as possible. Whereas Germans are a bit more considered, I guess, or maybe they're a bit more uh, careful about the, who they build their f- friendships with or relationships with.
2: If, I, I think, like, even my sense of humor might not be seen as a very good sense of humor in Germany, in my experience, because I remember a friend we met up and he never wears sandals and he was wearing sandals that day. And I remember going, oh, look at your, look at your toes, getting some sun. I think anyone <laughs> found that funny. And I thought it was hilarious because he never wears sandals. And I don't mean, and I think that board is on the road here.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it seems like one of those things that you would just be like, you'd comment on it because i'm desperate to fill the air with noise like silence is always sort of a sign that things aren't going so well i would have done something like that and then inevitably have caused like an international incident so i totally understand what you mean don't mention german people's toes that's I'll remember, I'll remember that for next time. Do not
2: call
0: it <laughs> So you, you talk in your article about finding many profiles from German men on dating apps that have basically the same style, similar photos, often like the same inspirational quote. Do you think German blokes are a bit unoriginal?
2: Actually, see, here I'd be a little bit generous, I would say. Like, I got to see only the guys', guys profiles. And mm-hmm. maybe, like, all the, all the women had similar profiles if you're on the other side of the mm-hmm. bank, Uh, You know, the profiles Mm -hmm. tended to be very similar. The poses in the photographs and Mm -hmm. people posing next next to expensive cars. I do still Mm -hmm. want to be generous and say, you know, it's online dating, I mean, no one's written the textbook yet and maybe people Mm -hmm. are just trying to navigate, uh, trying to, they have this idea that, um, I mean, you know, maybe the ladies would like this and, you know, everyone's giving their best shot. Could be that. Mm -hmm. It tends to be very similar though
0: maybe it's just that blokes in general are quite unoriginal <laughs> not just German blokes but just like men speak up for your people species. Nick. yeah no i'm i'm very aware of of the failings of the uh, the, the male community um uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I always find the idea of, like, standing in front of a car a bit of a funny one because it's kind of like, I'm an eligible bachelor with an independent income. Here is my automobile. You know, it seems a little bit too much.
2: <laughs> I, actually, I got told by one chap. So on most dates or when he first starts talking to women, the first question he gets is, where, uh, where do you work? and he was working in an Amazon factory at the time. And Mm -hmm. he would say this and he'd never hear from the women again.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, that's really bad, isn't it?
2: Yes, yes. Maybe, I mean, I can imagine the the whole money aspect, uh, social status.
0: It's what people are looking for.
2: (laughs) People, I mean, the women look for it too. And the men try to cater to it the best that they can. Mm. Maybe that's what's happening.
0: Yeah. I think you've just raised my anxiety levels about dating in Germany even further. I'm just like, oh, God. I'm so glad I'm married. (laughs) I'm a lucky man. So one of your, the more poignant parts of your article was when you talked about like the racialized questions you received from potential suitors like first off i'm like sorry you had to listen to that shit secondly were you surprised that the conversations went in that direction so quickly
2: i was very surprised because that's uh that's something that i hadn't encountered in relationships like with friends or with flirting with men i i hadn't really encountered so many direct questions mm-hmm. about like skin color and hair and people willing to say i don't Think you're Sri Lankan? I mean, where where are your parents from? Like, yeah, they're Sri Lankan too. Mm-hmm. It's I I actually started wondering if I'd led a quite a sheltered academic life, uh, spending time at universities where people just ask mm-hmm. differently. Uh, the stereotyping is different, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Where people just don't talk about the physical characteristics of other people so much, particularly face to face. It it mm-hmm. I was quite uncomfortable with it.
0: I was thinking when I read that bit. I think it's an element of like white people that they want to show how open they are. And it's like that sort of thing in Germany where they sort of talk about like, oh, I'm colorblind, like oh, I don't see color don't or see anything color. like that. Oh, yeah, gosh. and I, f- I fucking I hate that because it's like every person of color I know is like. I'm very aware of what color I am. <laughs> like, I know that people aren't colorblind. So, like, why the fuck are you saying it? Yeah. And so it did feel a bit like, oh, I'm totally, I'm totally okay with it. You know, I'm talk to- let's talk about it. Let's talk about it openly, and yeah. then just saying exactly the wrong thing. Just asking questions they shouldn't be asking. Really, I don't know if what, what you think about well
2: intention brigade. Do you mean? I think what you've honed in there. You have the people that the white people that go oh, you know, I'm okay with everyone. I just don't see color. And you're like, really? Do you just see through me? Can you see the wall behind me? <laughs> or And then like there's the other extreme of people who are very aware of the tensions and then go, yeah. you know, I'm totally okay with it. And let me crack a few jokes about the skin because that's how good friends we are. And that's a different extreme. Yeah. No one's comfortable with those people either.
0: That's like left-wing racism, isn't it? It's <laughs> like... like uh... I don't know.
2: Yeah, someone should really write some leaflets for these people. There is a bit of fetishization going <laughs> on when you're dating, or when, when there is the prospect of dating, and you know that's mm-hmm. why you're talking to other people online on a dating app. Mm-hmm. And then you bring up the oh, I love the brown skin people, and they're. Then... Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> and then that, that, that's that's very really creepy. That's a that's a. Yeah.
0: Like one of the questions I used to hate, and and I'm sort of glad I never get asked it now. Was like all the way through, like Brexit, people would ask us what do you think about Brexit? And I'm like, I live in Germany and I'm married to a German woman. Like, what do you think I think about Brexit? I wonder if it's the same thing when people would say like to a person of color, so what do you think of uh, Black Lives Matter? And you're like, oh, what the fuck do you think I think about it? <laughs> because you said
2: Black Black Lives Matter. One thing on yeah. German dating apps is that there are many, I mean, um, I speak in English and I and I usually say mm. that, got responses from a bunch of american soldiers stationed in germany and that is its own cluster and so there were quite a few dates um, or uh, where we discussed black Mm. lives matter and things happening in the u.s Mm. and it was around that time and i remember like Mm. i had to i was so slow in my eating Mm. because i had because i my jaw was just It just dropped to the floor the whole time. No, how can you say that about George Floyd? No, he didn't do anything. And Yeah. yeah, there were quite a few arguments there.
0: They say, like, you shouldn't, like, in the pub, you shouldn't talk about, which is, I mean, in the pub is where every British person pretty much meets their partners. (laughs) It's Uh like, go to the pub, you have a few drinks, you meet someone. It's how Simon met his wife. Um, I met my wife at university, which is just, like, one long pub crawl anyway. And, like, and the rule is, don't talk about politics, don't talk about religion. So, you like, you kind of avoid that stuff. How do you not? Well, like, I mean, you wouldn't. I don't think I talked about politics with my wife actually no i think we just knew i think we just didn't really talk about it It was all about like partying and having a good time it wasn't like i wasn't having any deep meaningful like conversations about politics but like now like i mean when we started seeing each other more seriously we'd have long discussions about it but like that was once we'd sort of built up a relationship it wasn't in the first few weeks you know it was like oh this is how i feel about workers rights <laughs> you know? I see. Um, your article does end on a lighter note when you do seem to have found someone worth your time would you recommend dating online and dating apps to other people
2: I've- I I really would. What happened to me was I hadn't been dating for a very long time. And um, at some point I assumed I I wanted to get very brave and I did. And it was also during the pandemic. And my experience with online dating was surprisingly short-lived because I did meet someone at some point and I hadn't been, and we just deleted the apps and I haven't been back again. It's a very nice way of meeting, like casting a net over a wider range of just people. We meet people professionally, personally, and it depends on where we work, in what line of uh, work we are in. I would just say that like online dating means that uh, you have the chance to meet uh, a bunch of people who are from different backgrounds that you may not have had the chance of meeting in real life. Different professions, people with very different interests uh, that you still get on with, that you still like. There's not always a romantic spark. And as like in Germany, you say you have to kiss a lot of frogs to find your prince.
0: Yeah, that's right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And during Corona, you don't really want to kiss that many frogs. But you just meet a lot of people, even if there was nothing romantic going on. It was just nice to have a date, uh, just to meet people oh. that you wouldn't have met otherwise, just to hear what their lives have been like. It's quite nice. Mm-hmm.
0: Especially in Corona, when we're all like distanced. It's yeah. nice just to have a conversation with another human. So the, the last thing I'll ask you is, uh, do you have any memorable dates that, that you think are, are worth mentioning? Is there any stories from dates in the past that you're like, yeah, that was something that I'll never forget?
2: I, I really should tell you this. And this stuck out for me because... Uh... I have always been fascinated by how, I mean, we speak different languages, we come from different backgrounds, we are very different people, and like just how, what exactly we think is communicated to another person, and it's understood mm-hmm. the same way we mean it to be, that to me has always been so fascinating. So there is this one date. It was uh, the Italian guy, and um, mm-hmm. that I mentioned earlier. We went to a restaurant, and it was during like uh, Corona. There was a table outside, and he wanted to go inside, and I assumed that he wanted to order the food, and I wanted to go with him because I would have liked to order my own food. And he got up and he said something, and which I assumed to be the food ordering, and said, "Shall I come with you?" And he seemed like really put off by it. He said, "No." I was like, "But really, are you really sure?" And then he kind of like. Okay, okay, if that's what... Okay, okay, fine, we can do that. And just Mm. the two reactions seemed very weird. And I was like, okay, so not really sure what's happening here, but I'll just let him do it. He Mm. came back out a little later with two menus. And I was like, oh, you went inside to get the menus. Ah, uh, Okay, because I thought you were going to order the food and I wouldn't have wanted you to do that. And then he seemed even more relieved than I was. And he went, oh, oh, you, you thought that? I was like, wait, what happened? No, I, 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 I was actually going to the loo. And I thought <laughs> I thought this was about public loo sex. I was like, oh, God, no. I was like, but, but, but you said sure. You later said sure. Oh, God. He was red. He was red. Oh, no. That was a love. Oh. That was a gem of miscommunication and, and crossed wires different cultures different people different expectations that was lovely
0: yeah i think i'm going red just at the thought Uh, ideally this has been fantastic getting your experiences and like hearing something that isn't me and simon blathering on about about our potential understanding of possibly what it maybe is like to have a date in germany yeah thanks for joining us and i look forward to uh, you coming coming back on to talk about something else uh, possibly a future article if it's if it's in the pipes
2: it is in the pipes and i will be sending it to you soon
0: Fantastic.
2: It has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me here.
0: service darman and heron that brings us to the end of the show thanks for listening i wanted to thank dilly again for sharing her insights on dating in germany and i'd also like to thank our ever supportive listeners karen rob abroad american and jonathan for his nice blog about us and all the rest of you wonderful people as ever if you have any questions feedback or maybe an article or topic you'd like us to cover you can tweet simon on at decades from home and you can tweet me on at 40 german you can also get us on 40 german at gmail.com If you have time, take a look at 40percentgerman.com Weekly articles are up every Saturday You can also find Dilly's article that we mentioned in the last segment on there too All that's left to say is thanks and bis zum nächsten Mal Welcome to the Decades from Home love line. In a moment, we'll connect you to some of the most exciting and sexy conversations To choose a list of the sexiest German words, please press 1 Staubsauger
1: Sanger Kuchenroller.
0: Handy. Spurmaschinenreiniger. Rasenroboter. To break some German taboos, please press two. Mm. Crossing the road on the red lights. Ooh!
1: Taking up the first ten minutes of a meeting by talking about the weather. Ooh! Eating a kebab on a crowded U-Bahn. Ooh, driving a hundred and twenty kilometres per hour in the middle lane
0: of the autobahn. Press three for some real English dirty talk. Do I have to? Yes. But I'm not very good at it. Do it anyway. I feel really uncomfortable. I don't care. Okay, um, unwashed t-shirts? Is that a thing? No. The grease traps in McDonald's? Gross. Muddy puddle? Keep trying. I want to go home. I don't like this.